0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store
1: to make the switch today. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figures Home Equity Line of Credit. Unlock up to $400,000 apply online in five minutes funding in as little as five days head to figure.com and transform your home figure lending LLC DBA figure equal opportunity lender NMLS 1717824 terms and conditions apply visit figure.com for more information for licensing information go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org
2: oh yeah I hope you are ready Pat's people it is preview o'clock here on six rings and football things our patriot-centric podcast with your host Fitzy and Hart brought to you by weeiwe 2400 Sports, and the Odyssey Podcast Network. We are pumped, primed, and ready to rock and roll. Coming off of the disappointment of the Patriots' failed comeback attempt against the Eagles last week. This week on... They draw Sunday Night Football. Old Pal, Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins roll into town. And to give you guys a fresh perspective on what they're saying down in the 305 about the fins the foxborough football people and everything else we've tapped into our friends at another dolphins podcast joining us for the behind enemy lines preview portion of the pod andy we have jake mendel jake what's happening welcome to the show my friend
1: happy football season gentlemen we finally made it and uh i don't want to spoil this right away but just a little tip here I'm going to tell you guys a lot about the 305, but if we're talking about behind enemy lines, I'm located in Berkshire County up here in the Northeast, Massachusetts. So it's a little, a little bit of a double crossover a little bit.
2: What did nice. we do to lose Jake, Andy? How, how, how do we get a, a a Dolphins fan in the Berkshires? Maybe he likes wide receivers.
1: <laughs> My dad oh. just, you know, grew up with Dan Marino, and then I got the curse, too, of having to watch Tom Brady be awesome for
2: well, let's also, Jake, I'm sure you go to bed every night thanking yourself, thanking your lucky stars that at least your dad wasn't a fan of Richard Todd and the New York Jets.
1: That's, yes, so true. <laughs> that, would have
2: been, that would have been an awful thing for your father to do to you. Uh, all right, so uh, Jake, let's just get a feel for, like, what's the confidence level? How did you guys feel after the win last week? Big comeback win, 36-34. Tua looked, obviously, well enough to run the most high-powered offense week one in the NFL, 466 yards. Tyreek uncoverable waddle getting it done. Uh, I, I think that was maybe the most exciting game of week one and a signature win for someone, uh, Andy, who everyone had, we had our question marks in abundance about two. is he healthy enough? Can he stay upright? Dude was slinging it. And then some, how are you guys feeling?
1: It's hard not to like what you're seeing, especially when you consider you got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack two premier pass rushers on the outside. They did not get to two once. You had a left tackle. Kendall Lamb was in for first-team All-Pro Tron Armstead, former first-team All-Pro Tron Armstead, excuse me. And just knowing that the offensive line could hold up against a combo like a Khalil Mack and a Joey Bosa is so important, especially after an offseason where everyone was under the impression you just got to be physical with them. You just have to press them at the line of scrimmage. All of a sudden, Mike McDaniel is coming out, and they have their tight end running routes on 73% of his snaps. While he has wide receivers inside blocking more than the tight ends you'll see someone like river craycraft blocking 33 percent of the time compared to durham Smythe blocking 30 percent of the time so mike mcdaniel heard all the rumors throughout the offseason and wanted to prove he had a few more cards up his sleeve and it's not as simple as you guys can be physical and you'll win against the dolphins
0: you know i think it's interesting you bring up mike mcdaniel and sort of his evolution and maybe what he heard um I wonder, are the Dolphins in a good spot, not only coming off an impressive week one victory, one of the most impressive in the NFL, two or three best wins there was, but the talk of the division was, do the Patriots stink? Are the Bills still as good as they were as the window closed? The Jets were the darling of everybody. They get Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, Dolphins just kind of quietly went about their offseason, evolving under McDaniel, who's probably a little more comfortable now. So do you think maybe they're enjoying this – I won't say lack of hype, but relative anonymity in the AFC East to open the year.
1: It's really strange because all throughout the offseason, obviously you can't lose games. So everyone's really excited talking about how the AFC East is a powerhouse. And it seemed like everybody waited till the middle of August to realize that only seven teams make the playoffs. And then they realized they had to leave one off and they chose the Dolphins, which is understandable. I mean, they need to put it together for a full 17 games. But yeah, I think I agree with you. You, know, you see what's happening in Buffalo. Uh, this is a great statement opportunity for the Dolphins. If they can go on primetime and, and win a premier game like this, I mean, the, the confidence is going to go through the roof.
2: Yeah, the, no doubt the confidence would go through the roof. And the Dolphins have every reason to kind of be confident coming into this game when you look at both sides of the ball. Tua has never lost to Bill Belichick, that you guys just put up 500 yards of offense last week in Los Angeles, as I like to call it, against the Chargers. Tyreek looks uncoverable. Waddle might be the best number two receiver in the NFL. McDaniel's feeling the game plan as well. He offered his due deference in the Thursday media avails to Bill Belichick as well. And you guys may be catching the Patriots at the right time where your defensive line, which had some issues last week, obviously, you gave up 240 on the ground and about six yards per carry to the Chargers, can still generate a pretty decent pass rush. And the New England Patriots offensive line is auditioning starters on a daily basis. Any one of the three of us could get a call on a moment's notice and have to try to fill in. We don't know the left tackle is, Jake. Game's playing in 72 hours and the Patriots don't have a left tackle. I mean, these are big issues. And so, you know, the Pats lack a signature win under Mac Jones. This would be massive for the Dolphins to come in, get a second conference win, and they're first in the East.
1: How the muddy have fallen. I mean, 15 years ago, I was watching Dunkin' Donuts commercials with it. It was the, all five of the Patriots linemen showing off like three rings each, and all of a sudden, you guys don't have a left tackle. It's a really yes. interesting matchup because the Dolphins are going from that Bill Belichick, that real aggressive type defense, to something that's a little more safe. It, it, it protects you from the big plays. The way I could see the Patriots maybe finding an opportunity is you need to beg a Kendrick Board, maybe one of those playmakers, or Ramondre Stevenson, a big time run. Because I think if you get into the match with the Dolphins where you just gotta get 15 yards every time, the Dolphins did just have a horrible performance against the run. But I have a hard time thinking that with that front four, with the Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips is coming into his own, former alt pro or excuse me, former pro bowler like Bradley Chubb, you gotta get some help from your playmakers outside. So whether it's breaking a couple tackles on one play, something unscripted is gonna have to happen for the Patriots really to punch the Dolphins in the mouth early on, I feel.
0: You you bring up Bradley Chubb and he was a, a big trade addition, um, former very high pick. Like, but I wonder is he is he impacting the team the way they'd hoped? What has his impact been, and where do you th- see his role going? Not just in this game, but as the season unfolds.
1: It's so tough with someone like that because he he had the full off season, but they made the trade in the middle of the year, and it was like Christmas Day. I think he suffered a high ankle sprain on a chop block. He came back in the game, and I think he broke a finger. So he had to leave the game twice for two different injuries and still tried to come back. So I've been giving him the benefit of the doubt as someone who has the experience. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, Vic Fangio's defense. They both were together in Denver, right? There's, there's a little bit of concern. There's a former, uh, coach from Miami. His name's Joe Philbin who would always talk about being so queasy. And I would say that, yeah, I'm starting to get a little queasy about Bradley Chubb, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt just for a little bit longer as, you know, things start to work out.
2: So, Jake, tell us in terms of, I know you're in Western Massachusetts, but you talk about a team in the 305 and the Dolphins are are your squad. So you must read up on everything else, including also everything that you share on another Dolphins podcast. What's the word amongst, um, doll fans, if you will, as well as in the Miami media about what the Patriots are doing, the state of that franchise at Mac Jones and more.
1: It's been interesting because we've actually uh, seen some New England uh, talking heads come out and say that Mac Jones and Tua are on the same level. So we've actually gotten some fallback from that about some more uh, detailed breakdowns. But it's really boils down to Bill Belichick. I know it's very hard to believe for you guys, but it's seeing if this is the defense that can stop Mike McDaniel in this offense. This is such a great test because... Everybody likes to talk about the Dolphins in the beginning of the year. Last year as well, that Baltimore game, they won 42-38. to There was a crazy Bills game. That Dolphins-Pats game, that finished 20-17. to Bill Belichick, he has a different way of figuring things out, and I can't wait to see how Mike McDaniel has that matchup. So that's been the talk of the town, at least uh, from my end, is understanding that Bill Belichick, his defense, is so different from everything. It can't be compared to even what Brian Flores was doing in Miami, where he's going to find a way. It's going to be different, and can the Dolphins react to that?
0: Jake, you're right. Uh, I did TV this week, and we did a segment on Mac and Tua. And I don't know how it reached all the Dolphins fans, but everybody got all pissy. And Because I basically – I think Tua and Mac are very similar, and you may not like this. I think they're both middling quarterbacks. I think they're both middling quarterbacks that when they have good offensive scheme, good offensive play caller, and good offensive talent, they can make plays and make good things happen, but they're not good enough to carry a team or overcome a lot of limitations on a team – And I think I made a remark about, you know, it must be nice for Tua to just dump it off to Tyree Kill and watch him run with the ball. He doesn't do that. His yards per throw, blah, 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 blah. People went off on Twitter as they want to do. But what do you think about the quarterback matchup in this game? Do you think there is a great divide? Do you think Tua is, I I believe he's now tied with Patrick Mahomes for MVP odds, which to me seems ridiculous. But what do you think about Tua maybe having a breakout season and staying healthy?
2: Did I just hear that right? Was there something? Was there
1: a glitch in the Zoom?
0: No, no, no. He's tied with Patrick Mahomes with bananas. Yeah, for the MVP. Yep.
1: I I even still look at that and just have a hard time for it clicking. So there's a Venn diagram to be had here. And I do see completely what you mean. Both Mac Jones and Tua, you go to Alabama, you have a bunch of wide receivers. Well, you're not just going to favor one guy. You become this blackjack dealer type of quarterback where you can really divide your targets up across guys all over the field. Obviously, the Dolphins haven't been doing that as much. But what we need to see out of Mac Jones for me to kind of put him in that Tua category, just a couple plays off script where he really has that statement where, you know, I think of uh, late, or early last season, a game against Baltimore, Tua was going to get crushed on a sack. He had this fantastic just spin move to roll out, and he ended up throwing a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone. It's just little things like that that I think might be the difference maker, where you could say, you know, the lineman came unblocked he got a sack. That's the end of the play. It's the lineman's fault. Well, you're just hoping that once in a while the quarterback can mask that and make something happen on the fly. I, I might be a little wrong with that. I've seen it from Tua, obviously, because I'm watching every snap of a bajillion times. I can't say we've seen it at a Mac. I'm not saying he can't do that. And obviously having a wide receiver who can make a big play on the outside, something like that would definitely help. But I think that might be the biggest difference of you know where we have Tua now and where Mac Jones might go.
2: Yeah, Mac Jones a couple of years ago uh, at Alabama, was throwing to Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and had Najee Harris behind him. Ramondra Stevenson is definitely a different kind of beast as well, but now he's got Kayshawn Booty, Demario Douglas, Kendrick Bourne. You know who is poised for a bounce back season, which only makes the decision to put him in the doghouse last year more ridiculous. But uh, yeah, Matt Mac did have one nice run play last week against Philadelphia for a two point conversion. But of course, as happens far too often with this team, they're prone to make mistakes where they shoot themselves in the foot. There was a hold call on right tackle Calvin Anderson, and you know we all saw what happened with the final score. Um, Jake, just for everyone who's listening and is going to watch with uh, with their both of their good eyes on Sunday night, but doesn't know the Dolphins roster as well as yourself or maybe even us, uh, give us one player on offense and one player on defense, not named Xavier Howard, Chubb, Waddle or Tyreek Hill to keep an eye on Sunday night?
1: So the instinctual choice is Braxton Barrios, a former New England Patriot. Fitz, Wes Welker's the, the wide receiver coach in Miami. But I'd like to go back to River Craycraft. This has been someone who's been with Mike McDaniel for so long. He caught the first receiving touchdown of the season. Uh, the Dolphins over the offseason did this uh, wide receiver draft where the, uh, every time they did drills, they would just separate into these groups. Tyreek Hill, 1A, took River Craycraft just because of the intangibles, his ability to block down the field, his ability to block at the line. I think he's starting to become an X factor, especially you think about the Mike Gasicki and Trent Shurfield combined for a hundred targets last year for the Dolphins. Neither of those guys are great at the yak. They really can't make things happen on their own. We're seeing River Craycraft kind of break out and be that fourth option that, hey, Tyreek needs a breather. We can still cause a problem on the field with someone like Craycraft, which I get it. That's, that's crazy to believe, but they're making it work and with his skill set.
2: He had every bit the game that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did week one, Andy. Uh, three catches, 40 yards, but he actually got in the end zone
0: as well. Oh, so he has a knee that's ready to explode too and is already hurt and is already a waste of money. Anyway, uh, other other question. Uh, Jake, the perception up here is that Jonathan Jones is the kryptonite to Tyreek Hill. You run down all the games and Hill has been admittedly pretty much held in check by Jonathan Jones and the coverage that they throw at what's the uh because I know obviously Hill's off to a great start and I heard the whole comment about he does he's not even sure he's a cheetah anymore now he's a lion and that whole thing um what's the perception you think in the Dolphins locker room and maybe between the ears of Tyreek Hill when he hears that Jonathan Jones is your kryptonite man that's that's a
1: great great question this is someone who he says his way to scout opponents is just to play Madden. He just looks at everyone's <laughs> right. Madden. So I, I I think he likes the challenge. I think everybody in that locker room likes the challenge, but I think they all understand in the back of their head who's operating things in New England. And I hate to always go back to Bill Belichick, but everything is always a little different when he's involved. So I do think there's this growing level of That's confidence, right. especially late last season, the Pats got a big win over Miami that, made it a little harder for them to make the playoffs. So I think they do want to. That come was out Teddy
2: Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, though. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't, that, was, that wasn't, that wasn't Tua. Again, like, I just, though, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, Bill last year, Andy and I spent so much time harping on the idea that all those wins they got on a defense that Mina Kimes and everyone else pumped up and chuffed during the offseason, all those wins were against like second and third string quarterbacks or Jared Goff peeing down his leg in Foxborough. They haven't had like last week they got close to kn- knocking Hertz off his spot and getting a signature win. This would really be this would be massive for both Mac Jones and Bill Belichick's reconfigured defense to beat a starter at the prime of his game who's coming in off of the best performance of his life.
1: And you consider, I mean, you'd be tied in first place of the AFC East. Two weeks into the season, nobody was talking about New England. You guys mentioned that. But, I mean, to be tied and have a win over the Dolphins where, you know, you guys mentioned it too was somehow tied for MVP odds, I I can't imagine what that would do for uh, the confidence level for a team like New England, uh, especially just getting that signature win early in the season.
0: Jake, I got to ask you, you brought him up a little bit. Um, You got a guy in Mike Kosicki who... I don't think he loved his departure from Miami, referred to them as my former employer uh, this off season. And I know he fell out of favor there on the franchise tag, kind of a really weird situation. Um, The hopes are very high for Mike Kosicki around here. I actually made a bet with a fellow media member who believes Mike Kosicki will have 12 or more receiving touchdowns. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll be collecting Collecting free beer in January. I feel really, really confident but he was in in camp. People were referring to him as a unicorn and a matchup nightmare, and all these things. I personally believe he's now the most overrated player on the Patriots. But what are your thoughts on what Mike Kosicki could maybe do to his former team and be for the Patriots?
1: I mean, this with all due respect, I've always viewed Mike Kosicki as a golden retriever. He's always been the most energetic, the very excited, and then he'll jump up and catch everything like a dog trying to grab a frisbee. Uh, he has a background in volleyball, which you can see. Every single time he scores a touchdown, he's skying, he's high pointing the ball. That's his that's his X factor. Mike Gasicki can catch a ball over anyone. What happens after that is another story. I think that's kind of why he thought of favor of New England is because he's this great, uh, just I hate to call it a YOLO ball, but you know, you huck it downfield and you hope Mike Gasicki can get it. And he was great at that. You think back to 2019 with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, both Gasicki and Devante Parker had uh, breakout years. Where he starts to struggle, though, is when you get to these timing routes. You know, the the precision isn't necessarily there where he knows just right, where to look at the right time. But if you give him that opportunity to go up, find the ball, and chase it down, I mean, he's as good as it gets.
2: All right, Jake. Uh, this has been some great intel, uh, perspective, and insight on everything in the Dolphins world as well as what the Dolphins think of the Patriots headed into a pivotal matchup. You're right. Like, it's not hyperbolic in the least bit. I think most of us expect. Uh, the Jets to hang with, but ultimately lose to Dallas. I'll have more on that later, Andy, with our FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week. However, this one goes off Dolphins minus three over under 46 and a half. Um, Dolphins have actually gone up a point this week, so the money's coming in on the fins. Um, but all that and all that pocket gambling aside, uh, what do you? how do you see this one playing out and what do you got for a score Sunday night?
1: So early in the season, I think it's going to be something none of us expect. I think this is going to be a really ugly um, defensive battle. I mean, Vic Fangio is the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league. I think that Chargers game was a one-off. So I really think this is going to be a rock fight. I think Bill Belichick's going to make Tua take seven yards after seven yards and pray they don't make a mistake. And I think that's kind of the situation that um the the Patriots offense finds themselves. And you mentioned it. Uh, the drives kind of spin out of control when you get the hold and different things like that. Miami – isn't prone or is prone to those as two. So I feel that this is gonna be a game. They dink and dunk down the field. 1714, 2017, somewhere in that range. I, I think the perspective of the AFC East is gonna change slightly. I, I do think the Dolphins offense is gonna be dynamic throughout the year. Bill Belichick's haunted me for 20 years, man. I wish I had a better answer. <laughs> wow. A rock fight, a
2: defensive grinder with the primetime lights on the razor with the new lighthouse and the big TV and everything. Should make for a very compelling watch. Jake, this has been a great chat. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to catch up to you later on in the season. The Patriots travel down to Miami just before All Hallows' Eve here in the 2023 season. You can give them a follow at Jake Mendel 94 And, of course, give a listen, rate, review, subscribe, and share to another Dolphins podcast. Great job, Jake. Thanks very much, man. Enjoy the game Sunday night.
1: Thanks, guys. You too. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, Jake.
3: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
2: We thank once again Jake from another Dolphins podcast in our Odyssey 2400 Sports sister network of football podcastery for joining us a little behind enemy lines action. Andy. Andy. Whew, I got to tell you, they have every reason to be confident coming into this matchup. With Tua never having lost to Bill Belichick, that high-flying offense, a defensive coordinator who promises to do better this week. Matchup nightmares along both sides of the line. And as we get into our preview and, of course, the FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week, a New England Patriots team that we were critical of last six rings post game following the defeat at home in the opener to the Eagles. But then as the week progressed, it's I could see, I could feel The confidence, a little progress, some baby steps. I thought we were trending in the right direction, like people were feeling better about Mac. There was Darius Slay on his podcast, Big Play Slay, saying I got to give credit to Mac Jones. He made a lot of the right checks, right throws, right reads. He was doing great work out there. We thought the line stepped up as well as they could. You know, uh, Kendrick Bourne, he's reborn again. The rookies got their feet wet. Nowhere to go but up. And then as the week ticked on, here we are. Juju Smith-Schuster... Banged up. What is he hiding? What's going on? The offensive line, literally every starter is on the injury report. You can expect at least 40% of them to probably not play because they're on the concussion protocol. I mean, guy, can we just, can this team catch a break or is that just, or am I just making excuses?
0: Making oh. excuses. I mean, I think some people, probably not people listening to this, but um, some people would probably argue that they caught a break for somewhere in the range of 18 or 19 years. Fair um, enough. And that maybe the pendulum has actually swung in the other direction and things are evening out. Um, it's not great. It's not great, Bob. It's not a great way to That's start. Not, I mean, I literally
2: wrote that in my little breakdown of what's going on with Juju Smith-Schuster on
0: weei.com
2: insert not great Bob meme here. Like you just, you, you can't have wide receivers. You know, Parker had the knee last week. What the hell's going on with Juju? Almost no offensive line. And of course the Patriots defense was terrific. And they've just been receiving all their flowers all week long. And then some, including an absolute tongue bath from Mike McDaniel earlier today, along the lines of, uh, you know, earlier Thursday, like he's the grandfather of the modern defensive scheme, you know, we were figuring out iPods while he was deciphering defense. Like we get it. I, you know, like that, that's the buttering up of the young apprentice to the evil Sith Lord. But all, all that and a bag of chips may still not be enough against a team with a good defense, a quality pass rush and an offense that looks like they're just, they wake
0: up and roll out of bed and they're ready to put up 35. Well, I don't, there's no way you can complain about Juju and Parker because when you trade for and sign injury prone or injured, already injured receivers, and then they're injured, that's on you. That ain't on them. Like that's yeah. a, that's a you problem, not a them problem. And then when you don't invest in depth and talent and experience on the offensive line, well, that's on you when you get to week two and some guys are banged up and you're considering signing waiver wire, PUP, street free agents because your rookie mid and late round picks are banged up like some of these um, are self-made problems some of these we saw coming some of them we should have seen coming Um, whatever it is but I don't think that totally overshadows what you're talking about in terms of positivity I think there's still still lots of reasons to be positive about the defense the offense may have its issues and that may be a problem trying to keep up with Tua and Tyreek, and the Dolphins. But the defense put a really nice performance together and added, we're talking about offense losing people, subtracting people from the mix. Defense added people. Christian Gonzalez can play. Keon White can play. Marte Mapu can probably play, even though he didn't get a ton of snaps. You didn't really use Jalen Mills. Jabril Peppers was used in a different role. Looks like maybe he is truly a year removed post-ACL. More athleticism. You have Jonathan Jones, who you didn't have all summer, and until you see him, he's going to be at least some doubt: is he ready to go? Is he going to be good to go regular season? So defensively, the strength of your team met the challenge of opening day, came out, played well, and I would even say um, you probably feel better about them in terms of their depth and and ability and, and guys that you can roll through than you did heading into that Eagles game. So positivity on the defensive side of the ball. 100%. 100%. The Patriots,
2: as we as we figured this summer, the Patriots were likely to pin their hopes or at least lean on their defense, their speed, their power, their prowess, a solid secondary or at least an excellent safety core with a cornerback unit that could be a house of cards depending on which way the wind blows any given week or could be a strength like it was last week. Yes, Jonathan Jones has had success in the past against Tyreek Hill. You're likely not going to see the New England Patriots play press man against the Miami Dolphins who just have an absolute fleet of mid-sized speedsters who can burn you at a moment's notice anywhere all over the field. Tua has been playing or at least debuted with a lights out effort, 466 yards last week. Funny enough though, the only quarterback that had more yak last week in terms of yards after catch than Tua was Mac Jones. So he actually was getting it done through the air last week. He wasn't relying on his speedsters to just take the ball and run with it, though they're still incredibly adept at that. The defensive line, gut pressure. They flushed out Jalen Hurts time and again. They got in his grill. They made his reads difficult. They're going to need to do all of that and then some again this week because I I can't tell you what kind of effort we're going to get from the Patriots defense. The one thing we can hope is that whatever form, iteration, or version of the offensive line they trot out Sunday night at 820 – on Sunday Night Football, let's just hope they at least are healthy enough to remember to push people in the opposite direction to allow Zeke and Ramondre to do their work. Because the Dolphins gave up, like you pointed out uh, on a previous, one of the 19 podcast we did this week, they gave up 5.9 yards per carry, 240 yep. on the ground. That's a good Chargers offensive line and some good running backs. But the Pats are going to have to establish themselves on the ground this week Because you can't have Mac Mac seventy five percent of their plays on offense last week were passing dropbacks. That's not a formula for success.
0: Well, first of all, whatever line they put out there is not a formula for success, in my opinion. I I just don't know how. Even if it's, I mean, I guess best case scenario, you're hoping that Cole Strange uh, gets healthy and Mike Onwenu gets healthy and gets back out Uh, there. They haven't played. They haven't gotten reps. Are they even able to play? It's kind of what we talked about last week. Even if they get out there, do you have to rotate? Are they not ready to play a full game? I mean, one of the most stunning things of opening day was that you used five offensive linemen that played all snaps, 100% of the snaps Mm -hmm. in that opener against that dominant defensive front. Now, this front, not as dominant, still good, still has disruptors, still had playmakers. And, I mean, if we're being honest, if we're being dead honest – Dead it's honest. Dead honest. The likelihood is the dolphins front kicks the Patriots offensive line's ass, correct?
2: I'd say gives them trouble.
0: Kicks their ass. Okay. Gives them I trouble. Mean, who's playing
2: left tackle? It's a great question. So you don't in <laughs> I literally it's we, we, Thursday we afternoon. afternoon. It's four o'clock, TBD and I don't know up. who's playing left tackle.
0: TBD sucks. We learn it with Major League Baseball when it's like two hours before game time and it says TBD is starting tonight. Usually bad news for your team. And when you have a left tackle whose name is TBD, that's bad news. Now, I'm joking because I'm sure Bill Belichick and Adrian Clem and Bill O'Brien have a list in contingency plans. Um, good friend Mike Cadlick had a little note that I believe it was over the last two years Players who were on the injury report with concussions didn't play that week or something like that. Like no, they don't. It's, it's not likely you see Trent Brown. Um, that's if Trent Brown even wants to play. I mean, I have no idea. I'm gonna throw that out there just because Trent Brown, and I think that's always part of the story, whether he's engaged and you know, whatever. Um, and that's not a head injury thing. Oh, in my day, we played through head injuries. Nope. That's just Trent Brown is the is the box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get from him. Like he can dominate or he can not be out there, and so. When you start a game not knowing who your left tackle is, and you're not a team that has an abundance of linemen. Well, you do actually have an abundance of linemen.
2: Oh, yeah, you brought 11 into the season, and you got about 15 more in the practice
0: squad. You just don't have an abundance of good, proven linemen. Like, guys, you're really comfortable and excited to get out there and in uniform. You don't know who your left tackle is. You don't know who your left guard is. You don't know if your captain and center will be out there. He'll probably be out there because he's tough and he's a captain. He's a center. You don't know how good he'll be, how healthy you be. You don't know who your right guard is. Hey, good news is, you know, your right tackle, I think, unless you make him be the left tackle. But if he's at right tackle, you felt okay about him making his debut coming off NFI. So, you know, those of you that believe that questions on the offensive line are a first step to getting your ass kicked, I would say the greatest likelihood is the Dolphins kick your ass on, on the offensive line. Yeah.
2: There's a greater likelihood than not, or as we like to use with triggering phraseology in these parts in Pats Nation, it is more probable than not that a healthy Miami defensive line with Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, Emmanuel Ogba, and more. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot Bradley Chubb, Bill Belichick's former defensive line Bay, give the Pats offensive this makeshift patchwork discount double check offensive line a handful fits and then some as well. And I think that's going to end up disrupting whatever the game plan was. Whatever you see on Sunday night is going to likely be a dialed back version of whatever Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones wanted to go with in the first place because they're not going to have what is so precious and elusive to all of us in this life. Andy time, they're just not going to have time.
0: I'm not actually as worried about the dialed back game plan because you'll have to do that. They'll practice it all week. They did it against the eagles and there were times where mac got the ball off really quickly in the face of jalen carter and jordan davis and those guys in the middle there was interior swift pressure on him and they made it work at times what i'm worried about is the mike tyson thing not it not the dialed back offense what happens when the dialed back offense gets punched in the face and that is struggling and you have to dial it back even more from the dialed back version what the hell is that just hand off left hand off right hand off left hand off right
2: what is a dialed back version of a dialed back offense? Ah, uh, we, we might find out Sunday, starting at eight twenty. Ah ha, ha 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 ha! Oh boy! Well, I wanted to be certain. Oh, I was so ready to be excited about this game. I was so ready for the Patriots to get in a shootout with two and finally get their first dub against him and have a big win, and then go into the Jets week now with Zach Wilson under center. Like who knows what's going on? What's up for grabs? And instead, now it's like, well, they're now they're a three point dog at home. They opened it two. Now they're already down to a three-point dog, they're banged up. They're like they just rolled over an SUV on the on the on the freaking highway. And by the way, the next two weeks they're probably going to get against the best two defenses
0: in the NFL. But other than that, awesome. But I would also say you don't want to get in a shootout. The last thing I think you want is a shootout. I'm going back to the other side of the ball. If you've noticed, there's a flippity floppity floppity flippity uh, nature to my analysis. When you talk offense, I'm negative. When you talk defense, I have some positivity and. You know, they're banged up on the offensive line a little bit too. You may be able to take advantage of that. You're playing well. You have more weapons. Also, by the way, Keon White continues to roll. And a uh, little side note here in this prediction um, Christian Barmore has been pretty good. Pretty good. Not great. I don't Good think start. He's taken good,
2: good, better start than last year. Yes.
0: Better start than last year. But he still hasn't taken the leap that, like, oh my God, did you see Barmore dominate that game? And
2: I, I, I'm waiting for our Chris Jones. Yes.
0: Well, I think you might be careful, Christian Barmore, because and maybe this is actually good for his development. I think you're not too far off from people saying, hmm, maybe Keon White is the developing, dominant defensive lineman who's going to be the superstar on this front. And maybe Christian Barmore is just a good guy who'll be next to Keon White. And so I'm interested, and that might be a great thing for the Patriots. If if White develops into a star, um, athlete, versatile sort of playmaker on the defensive front, and Barmore is next in line. That's probably a pretty good development overall. Uh, be nice if they just pushed each other, and we don't know who is the great young defensive lineman on that team. Kind of like the Eagles. How about they do the Eagles thing, where you're like, "Hey, who's the great young? Oh, well, maybe it's Jordan Davis. Maybe it's Jalen Carter. You know, they still have the old guys too. That would be a nice mo for them to uh, to replicate. But I am I am somewhat confident that the defense will give Tua and company trouble at times. Mm-hmm. I mean they. They held the Eagles to field goals, essentially. If you take out all the crap the offense did to them, they held the Eagles to field goals. And I will say, if they don't give up big plays, I think mm-hmm. they're very much in this defensively, very much in this. But you're also talking about don't do something that you did a year ago when um, was it Bentley and Duggar missed the tackle on Waddle and he went the distance like you can't do that. No missed tackles, no guys getting free, and all of a sudden they're running down the field throwing the uh, peace out sign. You have to tackle. You have to keep everything in front. Make them. Earn- it's old-school defense for the Patriots. GTFB, the pass rush the co- in mm-hmm. concert with the coverage, tackle <laughs> well, that whole GFB, thing. I
2: love that. Hey, by the way, a little matchup to keep an eye on. Maybe your good one this time, Andy Hart, would be this. Isaiah Wynn, former friend of Foxborough, former Patriot, I uh, got the start last Sunday at left guard. I had heard some rumblings. He may have to play left tackle. This game was, is there any truth to that?
0: Uh, well, the Armstead is hurt and they played yep. a Kendall lamb last week, who I am not sacrificial lamb. I'm not familiar with. Right. So um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if they had to bump him out, which not the worst thing in the world for Matthew N- Judah. Not
2: exactly. How about this They'd too? Luck. Mike Reese tweets out an hour ago, the middle of Thursday afternoon, the 14th, former Patriots on Dolphins, 53-man roster, of course, Isaiah Wynn, slot receiver Braxton Berrios, old pal Justin Bethel, and Jake Bailey, the Jake Bailey revenge game. Of facing Wynn, defensive tackle Lawrence Guy said, quote, I know he has a chip on his shoulder coming back into the stadium. He knows our defense. I would, too, if I was in his situation. Damn, girl, we got us a little bit of a revenge game on Sunday night. Oh, and by the way, Mike Isiki is facing his former employer as well.
0: Not really all that worried about Isaiah Win. I mean, the guy had a chip on his shoulder when he was here. The guy always had a chip on his shoulder. He had a dink on his shoulder. He was a dink. I don't even know what you want to call it, but I'm not that worried. And Isaiah Win is not going to dominate the game. He's not, you're, gonna, you're not going to lose this game because of Isaiah Win. ironically, even though his last name, you know. I got, got it. Totally. Um, they're they're going to win for other that. reasons. Um, I'd actually be more worried about, does your boy Braxton Berrios do anything? You know, you fixate on waddle and Hill coming off that opener where they each average 19.5 yards per catch. It's okay. Now the Patriots send so many resources towards those two guys that Berrios just does the death by a thousand cuts damage. And suddenly you look up and like, Oh crap, we should probably start covering him. He's got 10 catches for 98 yards and you know, seven first downs. And he's the reason they're moving the football. Um, So that's that's a challenge. The one thing I wanted to bring up that I think um, and we talked with uh, our guest a little bit about it earlier is that I think the Dolphins are in a really interesting spot that they're kind of flying under the radar. Even before this weekend, they're like they weren't the Bills who are in the incumbent division champion. They weren't the Jets who are like the new hype train Aaron Rodgers. They kind of had a splashy but quiet offseason. Ramsey is there. Mm -hmm. Then Ramsey gets hurt and all of that. Mike McDaniel is kind of settling into who he is, which is quirky, weird, wannabe comedian, whatever the hell he is. But, but reasonably, time,
2: but effective as well.
0: Absolutely. Especially when he has good Kua, coaching, they work. When he has Tua, oh, yeah. they cook. They make and plays. he did some
2: so nice play- coaching last week too at the end of the half where he took the timeout with nine seconds left. Two pass plays, they get a penalty. They knock through a 45-yard field goal before the half. Like that was really good coaching right there.
0: And it's early in the year, it's warm, so he hasn't yet taken to um, using a vape at any point. I was going to say no vapes yet. or get a hit. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, New England fans who are like like to make fun of McDaniel. He's quirky, right? Would you agree? Mm-hmm. He's quirky. Ah, you know uh, to quirky? say
2: that's an understatement. The size of Trent Brown. Yes,
0: he's as quirky as Bill Belichick is. Probably not yeah. as quirky.
2: Just yeah. in a different yeah. way. He yeah. He's the millennial quirkster, if you will. Like he's very contemporary, odd, right. unique. Uh, so Bill Belichick if, is the
0: old quirky old grump. Yeah. So those of you, you people. That spent 20 years defending Belichick and just let him be. Oh, I love it when Bill does that. Bill's so funny. Bill's so cool. Bill does his thing. Bill doesn't give an f about you guys. All okay, right, all right. You've made your point.
2: Head. You've alienated enough listenership at this point. Yes, go ahead. Yes, we get I'm
0: it. Not Andy. alienating anything. I'm just pointing out facts. Simple okay. yes. facts.
2: No, these, uh, are your, these are, no, are I, your. The, yes, these McTagall are your. I think they like the opinion.
3: spot
0: his team is in. One and zero. Big win on the road. Going to New England. Everybody's talking about the Jets falling apart and the Bills, struck. like, okay, just ignore us. We'll be fine and we'll just keep rolling right along. And we're yep. looking to do some damage.
2: We'll go. Yeah. The Dolphins are looking to pick up a second conference win, a first win in the AFC East. The Jets already have a quality win in the AFC East. Buffalo's looking to get a conference win Sunday against Jimmy G. Go right is on Sunday. I'll be rooting for my guy, Jacoby Myers, to say the least, to get up there and take care of business in Orchard Park as well. Oh, man, my confidence is a—it's uh, far from shaking, but it's rattled a little bit. Got to tell you, not feeling the same as I did earlier in the week, but that's all right. Uh, when it comes down to putting your money where your mouth is, you should always trust your gut and your conviction. Uh, before we get to our final prediction on the game, Andy, it is time once again for the six rings and football things. FanDuel Sportsbook. Bet of the week brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Andy, I have because at time of publication and record, there are no individual player props as of yet on Miami versus New England. However, there are a lot of your basic same game parlay action and so much more available to you. So I'm going to offer a pick on the game uh, in the over-under. You're going to make a game pick. And then I'm just going to throw out there another NFL bet that I'm feeling surprisingly good about. So let's go ahead and get your first bet right here. In terms of Pats versus Fish, who you got?
0: Um, This, to me, is a relatively simple one. I I know this is Gresh's side of the street, but when the offensive line is as porked as the Patriots' offensive line looks like it might be, again, maybe it all turns around. Maybe Cole Strange and Mike Unwin who play 100% of the snaps this week, and that really gives a boost to that line. Who knows? Fingers crossed. I hope it happens. I would love to see it because I would love to see what you said Get the old Alabama quarterbacks to get in a little bit of a shootout and see if you can Hell have yeah. some fun in this game on a Sunday night football primetime time. Gillette Stadium, the big scoreboard. First time we're really going to see it in a big game at night with the lights and the mm. lighthouse and the bell and all these things. Um, give me the Dolphins. <laughs> I give, the, give me the Dolphins to uh, lay the three and cover it. I just, Patriots got a moral victory. Sooner or later, they need a real victory, and I'm not sure this is the spot they get it in
2: all right uh Andy likes the Dolphins giving three latest line he gives three points to it w- opened it two and it'll be a three point a field goal that Andy is confident in giving to the Patriots he is taking the Dolphins I would I would take the over overall it's 46 and a half right now but more than that Andy the New England Patriots we often speak of they need to score 24 or more to be in this game right? And I know they're a shaky O-line play, but I saw so many positive signs. Juju Smith-Schuster and the curious case of his mysterious knee withstanding. I felt pretty good about what I saw out of that offense. And I think they're playing a lesser defense this week. Now, I know Vic Fangio has said he'll do better, he'll do more. The points that they gave up last week was from a lack of preparation on his standpoint. However, I see Michael McCorkle Jones improving a little bit. I see the running attack getting after it and keeping the Patriots in this game. I'm going to take Patriots over 22 and a half points at minus 112. That's my Patriots bet here for the FanDuel Sportsbook bet of the week. And while we're at it, if you're looking to scratch the itch somewhere else and have a little action throughout the course of the day leading into the sniff with the Finns at the Foxborough football people, I also like the Jets getting nine and a half against Dallas. Final score of that game could be 13 to six. That's a dub. Dallas may you very see. well, win. if you're feeling frisky, hell, go ahead and take the money line on the jets. I think that's plus three fifty. However, I do like, I do like the jets to cover because I think their defense is going to keep them within 10 points of any game this year, regardless of how you feel about old Zachy milf, uh, in his action under center for the Jetropolitan. So there you go, folks, your FanDuel Sportsbook better of the week on six rings and football things. Andy likes the fish giving three to the Patriots at Gillette. I say the Pats score over 22 and a half points and a little bonus action. Take the Jets on the road at Jerry world getting nine and a half. Mrs. Bueller. All right. Final thoughts, Andy, as we wrap up this fantastic episode of six rings and football things in advance
0: of dolphins, Patriots. If the Patriots win, I think we're talking about a breakout game for Ramondre Stevenson, like a 200 plus type yard game where you're like kids, We know what jersey we're buying. Kids, we know what football cards we're buying. Ramondre Stevenson, if the Patriots pull this little upset here at home Sunday night football, give me Ramondre Stevenson to be the star of the game. And if the Patriots are able to pull
2: this out, they likely will give up a few points during the course of this game. We may be looking at not only his first victory in the quarterbacks of Alabama shootout this could be that signature win, the potential comeback that we've been looking for. Mac Jones has been on the cusp of a comeback, a signature win that he has basically lacked his entire career as the quarterback of the Patriots. If he can finally put his stamp on a dub, this would be it. And I think it would be a massive confidence builder for the Patriots going forward. All right, folks, don't forget uh, when you guys wrap up Dolphins Patriots Sunday night around 1130 or so, the six rings post game show on WEI. With Fitzy and Hart. We'll be on 1130P to 2A. That's right. We're always there for you guys. Yeah. Excuse me, 11, 2A? Yeah, to, we're working until 2 in the morning together. Yes, we are. Sun. It's got to be a late one. It's going to be a long one. But we do it for you, people, and, of course, the love of the sport and a small check every now and again, or at least once every two weeks. <laughs> thank you very much, FanDuel. Good job. Jake Mendel, thank you so much for joining us from... Just another Dolphins, another Dolphins podcast. Justin Turpin, as always. Everybody at WEI.com, 2400 Sports, and the Odyssey Sports Network. Fahat this is Fitzy. Thanks for listening to Six Rings and Football Things. We'll talk to you Sunday night after Fish at Pats. Have a great rest of your week. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats